Praise God. So, I just have one point you have to remember today. Just one. I don't have three P's or four R's or seven T's. Just one point, and that is don't stop believing. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Now, I know you think, T, how does God speak to you? And I said, well, he speaks to me in many different ways. And one of the things he spoke to me was through a song. Is anybody familiar with the song? Yeah? Did someone say sing it? No, no. I, I think we better just, maybe we'll just have a, do we have any music that could go with to just help us? Any music? song sounds much better. But God just, I know you think God spoke to you through that. Yes. Don't stop believing. We will face many challenges, but don't stop believing. You will have disappointments, but don't stop believing. You will be disappointed, but don't stop believing. And the key is don't stop believing in God. Don't stop believing in Jesus. Don't stop believing in his Holy Spirit that lives in you. And here's another thing. Don't stop believing in each other. And so God wants to remind us this morning, don't stop believing. Turn to someone and say, don't stop believing. Believe in. Hold on to that feeling. (laughs) You're going to remember the point though, aren't you? Well, God's been speaking to us over the past um, month, couple of months about faith and about hearing the Holy Spirit and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. James took us to Luke 5 and spoke to us on two occasions about Peter, Jesus, and a boat. And in this time, we read the story of a miraculous catch. And then later, Dave comes and shares from us the scripture, same, a different boat, but we're in a boat again. This time, we're on a storm. And Jesus calms the storm. And God was speaking to us. James encouraged us as listening to God, obeying God, doing what he says, and it will come through. So obedience is important. But as I've been listening to the Holy Spirit, I know some people have faced challenges and say it hasn't outworked that way for me. But I want to, we've been following Peter, you see. But I want us to go with Peter now, three years later. Now, Peter has seen an incredible, incredible stuff. He's seen the dead raised. Yeah? 
He's seen the feeding of 5,000. He's seen a little girl be brought back to life. He's seen, he's gone fishing and caught a coin in the mouth of a fish. I mean, he's seen incredible stuff. But now I want to take us, God wants to take us on a journey to the same sea. But the scene's a bit different now. So if you turn with me to John chapter 21. Shout hallelujah when you're there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, good. Before we read, I just want to bring us back some summary from Luke 5. So we know that Jesus taught um, from a boat, which was Peter's boat. We know Peter was discouraged because he'd been out all night and caught nothing. Yeah? Remember that. But But Jesus told Peter to let down your nets. Yeah? And Peter listened. And they had a miraculous catch so big that it began to break the nets. So much that the boats were sinking. And then Peter responds, what a sinful man I am. Away from me, Jesus. But Jesus responds, do not be afraid. And then he says, come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Log that. Because these are things that were spoken into a man. Yes? In Mark chapter 4, Dave took us on a boat. This time it's with Jesus, the disciples, and Peter is on this boat, yes? And this is where the storm comes up, yeah? So much and so great, it begins to sink the boat. And Jesus says, quiet, be still. And the waves and the storm calmed. And he says, do not be afraid. Do you still have no faith? Now, when I read that, it's, people often say, well, that he was quite harsh with him. It depends how he said it. You see, you can stir faith by how you speak, not just by words you say. It's by the tone in which you, the emphasis in which you say it. Was Jesus He says, how long does it have to be? You have no faith. I don't believe Jesus responded like that. Because he had seen faith in them before. He was reminding him and saying, do you still have no faith? He didn't condemn them. He didn't lose his commitment to them. He realized there was more he had to show them and teach them. So now we're in John chapter 21. And the scene is different. The scene is three years later. Now to set the context before we read, it's important for us to know a little bit of the background. It's the same sea. This isn't a different lake. This is the same lake. This is the same sea. Now, this is the same sea that Peter caught the miraculous catch. Yeah, we understand that. This is the same sea Peter walked on water. So it's a pretty good place to be. This is the same sea that Peter witnessed feeding of 5,000. Yeah? Yeah? This is the same sea 
that the catching the fish with the coin, you remember that, when who, who, whose is God and whose is Caesar's? Yes, remember that? And then Jesus says, go out and picks up a fish and out comes a coin. It's a great, that's not a magic trick. That's just incredible. So, and then this is also the same sea of the stilling of the storm. A lot took place on this sea. Now it's three years later, same sea, same shore. But the scene is different now. This is a point where Jesus has now denied Jesus three times. Peter has denied Jesus three times. Now I just want you to grab hold of this. On each of the Gospels, but in Luke it describes when Jesus denied him, it says the Lord's eyes fastened on him when he denied him the third time. And it says he went out and wept bitterly. It can't get any worse than that. The man you're looking to, your, your savior, your master, the one you've been following, everything had prophesied a word over your life that you will deny me three times. We don't have those type of prophecies here, do we? But Jesus was right. And Peter denies him. And it says he goes outside and weeps weeps bitterly. He's grief-stricken. I failed. Everything he said came to pass. I'm not worthy. I denied him three times. How could he use me now? What about those other prophetic words he said about me, that he would build the church upon me? Peter saw him after his resurrection two times. They were hidden, locked in a room with the other disciples, and Jesus arrived on the scene and said, peace be with you. But now we're at the shore. But in those two occasions that Jesus meets with Peter and the disciples again after his resurrection, he hasn't brought up the incident. I'm sure Peter's waiting. He's waiting for a correction. Perhaps a sharp rebuke. I would be right to have that because I did fail. But he's just coming and saying, peace be with you. So now we're on the shores of Galilee. Follow along with me in your Bible. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. By the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan, In Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. 
But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. It looks it's like deja vu. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with some fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Different from our previous miraculous catch. The net was tearing. Here, the net has not been torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. I like that. Anybody like breakfast? A full English breakfast? Yeah? I like extra hash browns and eggs. It's good. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself And it went on, and then it says, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said, follow me. Peter turned and saw that a disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who leaned his back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And it says, when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return What is that to you? But you must follow me. Amen? I know there's a lot in there, but God, we're going to pull some nuggets, some lessons we can learn from Jesus and from Peter 
to never stop believing. So I just want to take us back to verse 3. If you have it in your Bibles, verse 3. It says, Peter went out to fish all night and caught nothing. Peter had already been facing failure with Jesus, and now he's out fishing again, thinking, perhaps this is what God's, perhaps I'm supposed to go back to this, and out all night, and catches nothing. In verse 4, we find Jesus stood on the shore. You know, he was on a boat before in Luke 5. Today, he's on the shore. Can I encourage you? Jesus positioned himself with purpose. This was not a casual encounter. This was not coincidence. This was Jesus being purposeful to position himself to know, I'm going to help these boys get back to where they belong. Do you know you can position yourself to help each other? Don't let someone go sinking. Don't let someone fall down. But position yourself to lift them up back to where God wants them to be. We're here to encourage each other. Do you know that accountability is not to keep you from sin? If that's all you see accountability for, you've missed it. Accountability is to hold you to the calling and destiny of God that has for you. That's what we're called to. I'm not here to call you, hold you accountable to things you're doing. I'm calling you accountable to the things that God's called you into. And I'll remind you. That's why it's important when we hear prophecies, where it can be, let it be public. So we can hear and we can encourage and we can remind. Yeah, that's why prophetic word's so good. So we find that Jesus purposely and positioned himself Jesus will always come to help you even if you're in failure. He's not a standoff God. He didn't stand in heaven and say, let them sort it out. He came to earth. That's his heart, is to help those that need help. Amen? Amen. Now, verse 5, this is what I love about verse 5. He uses the word friends. Friends. He could have used any word. Hey, you, John, Peter. But he says, friends. Yeah. Now, they didn't recognize him just standing there. But when they heard his voice, well, that changed everything. Friends, he called them. They hear his voice. They could not recognize him from the distance. When they heard his voice, listen to this. Faith started to activate. Watch you miss it. When John said, it is the Lord, something happened to Peter. Remember what Peter did? Maybe a visual demonstration will help. So they're in the boat. They've just caught this, this big, miraculous catch of fish. Peter's pulling it in. Great. John. His partner, his buddy, the one the Lord was close with. And he says, it's the Lord. Now, all the other buddies are pulling in the net, and then Peter stops pulling. And he goes over, and he grabs his outer garment, and he comes, and he goes and does a cannonball. (laughs) 
I had to be careful of how I was going to do that because I didn't know how it would land. But something happened in Peter. He heard the voice of the Lord. He heard his brother say who it was. And it activated faith in him to know. I got, notice interesting. He didn't ask to come and walk on water. He didn't demand a sign to confirm it was him. All he was interested was, I want to get to him. It's not about the miracles anymore. It's, not, it's about him. It, I get it now. It's not about just walking on water. It's not about the feeding of the 5,000. Those things were great. But what I didn't want to miss is him who stood before me night and day, who, I, who looked after me. It is about him. I just want to be with him. And I'm going to swim there and get there no matter what. I don't need to supernatural because of the faith and strength that is in me. I am going to make it. He didn't stay in his failure. He made a decision to say, I'm going to get back. I have no idea what's going to be said on the shore. I have no idea what he's going to say. But you know what? It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter just as long as I get to him. Do whatever it takes to get back to him, to get back to the place of God if you're challenged or feeling discouraged. Oh, I love that. It gets me excited. Verse 6, throw your net, it talks about, and you'll find some. They caught such a large fish that they couldn't bring it in. Is anyone fisherman here? You see how this illustration really works, doesn't it? There's one. Now, I'm not a fisherman, but I do go out fishing. And you know how fishermen will tell stories that the fish was a little bit bigger? Yeah? It was this big. And then my friend says, well, no, actually, it was that big. So me and Tim, when we went on holiday together, we went deep sea fishing. I was pumped. I was excited. I didn't over-spiritualize it. I was just saying, let's go catch a whale. <laughs> you know? I knew nothing about fishing. But I knew you had to have a rod. You had to have some bait. This is the different type of fishing. We didn't have nets. We weren't hauling in nets. We were putting bait. And so Tim and I are out there. They're giving us instructions what to do, what not to do. So we said, okay, don't cross. So we get our bait on. We're sitting. And we're just waiting And so I can understand the frustration of waiting and catching nothing. It's a waste of time. I'm ready to say, come on. You know, I even, I know it wasn't right, but I did do this. I said, fish come. (laughs) So anyways, we'd get a nibble and Tim and I were, (laughs) we go, I got one. I got one. I got one. It's a shark. Guys. I said, Tim, you're going to have to help me. And he's helping me. And I get it up. It's a sunfish. (laughs) So for them, them catching this miraculous fish, they were huge. It was big. It was miraculous. It was awe-inspiring. It was the best catch they ever had. They were going to take, well, if you could take photos, they'd have to draw them. Back in those days, they didn't have iPhones or photos. But you can imagine, oh, it's the biggest catch we ever had. It was huge. There were multiples everywhere. 
fish as you know, big as your leg, and they were good. There was an excitement that came. And I, obviously in verse 7, we read about Peter leaves the boat and jumps. Faith will cause you to leap and don't look back. Faith will cause you to leap and don't look back. And that's what Peter did. Now we're on verse 9. This is where we're seeing Jesus now. He's made a fire. Well, I don't even know if he made the fire. It just says it appeared. So it might be a miraculous thing. Got some coals and some fish and bread around it as well. I don't know. But irrespective, there is a fire. And as we know, smells can trigger things. Smells can, can cause you to remember something. Often, you know, some people say, oh, you got nice cologne. It can trigger something. A smell when you walk into somebody's house, it reminds you of your home, mother's home cooking. Um, smells can remind you of things. Not all smells are good. Just ask my children. So on this occasion, Peter and the disciples are coming to a fire. Now, the last time Peter was around a fire was where he denied him. You think, man, is this a setup? Is is, is God trying to remind him of all these things? But it says there's fish and bread on this fire. And it says that Jesus gave it to them and fed them. Jesus will always feed you and give to you, irrespective of your setbacks. God's heart is always to help. It's important we remember that. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now we have the, and I like this bit. In verse 12 and 13, it says this, come and have breakfast. There's no voice of, because I know we like to focus on Peter, but let's not forget, all the disciples abandoned him. Just remind you, we often highlight Peter. No, 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 it was all of them that were scattered. All of them. So now we're on the shore and you think, surely a sermon is brewing. Surely a, 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 a correction. But none of that. Come and have breakfast. Let's get some food. You've been out all night. Let's get some food. And it says the disciples dare not ask. They knew it was Jesus. And again, this was the third time. And he doesn't come with a correction of, oh, you of little faith. He doesn't tell them what they did. He's just there to remind them, I'm here. I'm here. We don't need to go over. I just want you to know, I am faithful. Please hear this. And to me it says, he is faithful even when we are faithless. That's the promise. Why? Because he's faithful to that which is in you, the seed of Christ. He can't deny himself. So he will be faithful. Turn to someone and say, God is faithful. So on this part, Jesus isn't interested in correcting everybody. He wants them to remind them of his resurrection life and what his purpose was. And now, guys, we got to get on with what God's called us to do. And we know that God, Jesus commissions them to go out in all the world, which he does the same for us. Now, in this next bit, on verses 15, 16, and 17, he addresses Peter specifically. Now, this is an interesting thing. He says, Peter's asked again. Jesus is asking him, do you love me? Peter says, of course, you know I love you. And he says, feed my lamb. Then in verse 16, he says, 
take care of my sheep. Then in verse 17, he says, feed my sheep. I don't want you to miss this. Peter was a fisherman. And Jesus on the shore in Luke 5 said, I will make you fisher of men. On this moment, he's transitioning him from a fisher of just men, I'm going to make you a shepherd now. Because it's not about just getting the catch. It's caring for the catch. So for us as the people of God, as we reach and share the gospel and see people added to the body of Christ, it's not just about getting numbers. It's about caring. It's about feeding. It's about loving and encouraging. Because that is the fullness of who we are. Yeah? Turn to someone and say, feed me. (laughs) Well, what would you like to eat? Steak. Again, God brings it back. Jesus brings it back to Peter to remind him of his calling and destiny. He didn't talk about his denial. He didn't talk about the things that they didn't achieve. He reminded them where they were going and that he was with them. And it's important everyone in us knows that our faith, that God is with us. And everyone has different measures of faith. And can I just say this? Don't ever use your faith to make someone else feel less. Well, I'm more spiritual. I, I see more miracles than you do. I've seen more people saved. If that voice comes into you, that is not from the Father. If anything, your faith should activate faith in others. It's not, look at me, I'm better. It's a, come with me. And you and I together will see great things done for the kingdom of God. So we encourage and spur each other on. And Peter learned this. So I want to encourage us. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing no matter what you face. For those that are challenged, don't stop believing for that loved one to be saved. Don't stop believing for that miracle of healing to come. But T, you don't understand. Don't stop believing. Jesus is not on the shore to condemn your lack of faith. He's here to help you with your faith. Don't stop believing for your marriage to be strong. Don't stop believing for that husband or wife that is coming. Don't stop believing for children. Don't stop believing for that breakthrough. Don't stop believing for reaching those around you with the gospel of the kingdom of God. Don't stop believing for that difficult person in work that seems impossible, but God gave us a word that he's the God of the impossible. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing for children that have walked away from the Lord, but he's not walked away from them. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing that mistakes or sins or hurts that you have done in your past that God will not forgive them. Don't stop believing. And can I encourage you? Don't stop believing for each other. 
Because sometimes it gets tiring. Sometimes people want to give up. But Jesus will never overshadow somebody and say, you weak person. No, he'll come and he'll help them. That never stops in the kingdom of God. We help each other. We hold each other up. Now, I want to share with you a testimony of a story. Every one of us has stories, but a story from here. And if you put the next slide up. I want to introduce you to Bill Dugo. Bill Dugo, could you just raise your hand for me? Bill Dugo. There's Bill Dugo. Let's give him a big round of applause. Bill Dugo. And this is his uh, wife, Joyce. Now, I asked Bill if I could share this, his story, and he said, absolutely. Because it is a story of never stop believing. Bill came to Christ over 53 years ago. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. 53 years walking with the Lord. 53 years walking with the Lord. That's fantastic, Bill. And he's been married during all this time. And during this time, he desired Joyce, as he shared the excitement of his own faith, for her to know Jesus as well. But respectfully, Joyce had said no. She didn't condemn him for that. She didn't make him feel bad for that. That's respectfully your decision, and that's fine. But for me, no. He had decided to follow Jesus, but she did not want to. But Bill wanted her to come into the kingdom of God. And he was faithful. He loved her. He shared the gospel with her. Different friends and family among us would come and visit and share the gospel. And now it had come towards the end of life for Joyce. She's 90 years old. Nothing yet. Don't stop believing. She now has to be put into care because it's getting towards the end of life. And he's still crying and believing, Lord. Please. And over the course of time, she had lost consciousness. She was no longer responsive. Don't stop believing. I want to encourage you that faith is the hope of the confidence. No matter what you're seeing before you, don't look at that. Look at what God is going to do. And so she was not responding and And it seems in the face of that, God, how is this going to happen? Praying and still believing, different people in the church praying. And then there was a young lady that was provoked to go see her. She listened, as we've learned, she listened to the Holy Spirit. And she said, go visit Joyce. And so this young lady by the name of Lydia Power, many of you know her great woman of God, and she was faithful, good friend of Bill and Joyce as well. And so she went there, it was in the evening at 8 o'clock, and she just began praying, and, and she just began to share the gospel. 
But why would you share the gospel with somebody that is not going to respond? Faith comes by? Faith comes by? Hearing the? Word. Can I encourage you folks? No matter what, nothing is going to stop the word of God. And so she began to share. And then Joyce's hand moved. And then her hand grabbed hers. And then she began to say, can you hear me, Joyce? And she mumbled, yes. And she presented the gospel and she says, do you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord? Confess with your mouth. Do you believe he's come to save you and take you home and, and give your life to him? And she said, yes. So Lydia, being Lydia, because Bill is still praying, he doesn't know. And so Lydia calls Bill and she puts on the speakerphone and she said, hello, Bill. He says, hello. He says, I'm here with Joyce. And she's just made a decision. And he began to break down. And she says, she just accepted Jesus as Lord. And then in the background, she says, amen. First time she's spoken in three weeks. Amen. And at 5.30 a.m. the next day, she went home. Don't stop believing. 90 years old. You know God was not late. She didn't miss out. God had everything in his hand. And now we are all going to get to see her again. For she is alive with her Lord and King, our Lord and King. So God's encouragement to you and I today, don't stop believing. No matter what you face, no matter what challenges you face in school, Whatever it is, do not stop believing in God, in Jesus, who can do all things for those who believe. Amen? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness and kindness. We want to thank you, Father, that Jesus, that you've been the great example to us all to never stop believing. And Father, I just pray for everyone in this auditorium, Lord, that the seed that's been planted today Holy Spirit, you will ignite it afresh again, that our faith would grow and increase together, Father, that we would never stop believing for everything that you want us to achieve in godliness together, Father. Bless everyone here. Increase everybody's measure of faith greater and greater, Father. I thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Turn to someone and say, don't stop believing.